Five years from now, would you be happy with what you're doing now? Let's dive into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the No Negations Podcast. Daryl D. Sullins is here. Kayla Sullins. And DS Ninja is in the house. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, time out. Why can't you just say your name? DS Ninja is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, you guys have an extra special treat today. Daryl is going to open up a little bit. Um, for it is be a little clear here. Um, I'm not really. Well, yeah, I guess it is kind of me opening. <laughs> I guess it is opening kind of, up about yeah. something special or personal in your life. Yeah, because yeah, I, I'm just gonna go into what what happened. Okay, so I was at the gym because I work as a trainer. So I was work. I was working with one of my clients, and he was asking me if I watched the Browns game because I'm a Browns fan. He's a Browns fan, and he was asking me so we can have a conversation. And I told him that I didn't watch it. He was like, "Why?" And I was like, because I don't watch football. He was like, why? I was like, none of your business. I haven't, <laughs> but I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched football from um, since 2018. And also, for those of you who do not know, I I played football at the University of Mount Union. I was a defensive back. Um, I played all four years. Uh, my freshman year, it was a little bit rough for me going in. Um, I was dealing with mindset issues. So in the first maybe like three or four weeks of playing I didn't I felt like I didn't belong and I played that way you know after having a conversation with my coach and then calling my parents you know I had what my dad says or calls a a heart check so I kind of flipped the switch from there on like I started playing better you know going into my sophomore year I was continuing getting better um junior year I was uh, I was getting better and then senior year I had the opportunity to start and um when I got that opportunity when I was meeting with the coach it kind of flustered me. Um, I started freaking out. So instead of going out on the field and doing what I, I could do, what I know I could do, I was playing scared and timid. Um, I was playing scared to make a mistake versus playing to win. And after after college, I tried to go and, and play in the CFL, and I messed up my hamstring. And even going through those different trials and training, I didn't have the proper mindset going through that process. Um, I was doing things just, you know, the the right amount of things. And um, I remember going to the try tryouts, and there's guys there from like Pitt, uh, Penn State, and Ohio State, and all these big name schools. And I just felt like I I didn't belong, and then I played that way. And so after you know after the end of the end of the the tryout the coaches were going around talking to different athletes and I knew they weren't going to come talk to me and they didn't and I remember watching some of these guys I'm like man I'm I think I could compete with these guys but at the same time I was like man I can't compete with these guys <laughs> and then so at that tryout pull I messed up my hamstring so that kind of messed with me too and I was like you know what I'm gonna try again so I'm training I'm training and then I messed up my knee and then I decided to um hang up the cleats yeah I decided to hang up the cleats so I remember you know after we were watching a draft party or we were were at the we was at my friends was having a draft party and we went there and was watching watching it and I was just watching football and it made me sick to my stomach you know and then even trying to watch full games watching college games watching high school games at first it made me sick to my stomach and I work as a trainer so I have some athletes that play games and at first I couldn't even go to high school games 
because it made me want to, it made me, I felt that regret. And so after feeling that, I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't live with this ever again. I hate this feeling. And so now my whole mindset when it comes to no negations, when it comes to training, comes to the different things I'm doing now, I have the mindset like I of not ever putting myself in a position to feel that way again because I felt like well I felt like I feel like I left a lot of stuff out there on the field um I feel like I could have played a lot better and I didn't perform the way that I I I should have and it hurts it really does yeah so so what do you think that came from what what do you mean what came from the feeling that you didn't belong because you ran a four four one in the forty. Yeah. You had a forty inch vertical. Yeah. You had what three point eight something in three three eight nine in my shuttle. So all my all my times and stuff was it's there. NFL times. I was weighing at that time. I was, I weighed in at like one seventy eight. So I was a little undersized, but you know two pounds. It was, I needed to be around one eighty. Um, but I think it stemmed from my childhood. Um, not from you and mom, though. You know, I, my family has always been there and supported me. I remember when I was seven years old, I went to the church, and this guy was like, all right, D, every touchdown you score, I'm going to give you $7. <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. and I was a little dude. You know, so I always had the support from, like, my family and friends, but I don't feel like I always had support from my coaches and some of my teammates. And I think that's what really did it because, to me, that's those were the people that I needed to hear it from, you know, the people that were seeing me perform every day, the people, was, and I didn't get that, I didn't get that response, you know, I was getting coach, coaches were telling me like I was too small, I wasn't fast enough, mm-hmm. I wasn't strong enough, so I, I kind of felt, you know, I felt like I wasn't good enough, even though I've always been like one of the faster guys on the team, I was usually the smallest, especially in grade school, but I was usually the faster guy, one of the faster guys. And I was quick and could do all and do all do all that stuff, but I don't know. I think that really messed with my confidence level when it came to football. So, but that changed your senior year, and you have your coaches telling you that like you're gonna go out on the field and mm-hmm. be one of the best corners in the conference. So, like, what what held you back then? I don't. I think it was the. F- fear of making a mistake and messing up because I did I sat down with my offensive coordinator going to the freshman or going into my senior year and he was like Daryl I think he said when you believe it he thinks he thought that I could be one of the best cornerbacks in the in the conference but I just I just got scared like this I'm is like college yeah this is in college yeah. so my senior is I'm at my mouth and my coaches there was very supportive um but I just got scared because, you know, Mount is that school when it comes to football. Like, when you mm-hmm. think of D3 football, you think of University of Mount Union. And I, I just got nervous because we win national championships. We're on TV all the time. You got college – like, you go to practice, and you have five or six college scouts just sitting there. Or not college, high school – or college. Uh, NFL. NFL scouts, jeez. See, I'm getting flustered right now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> NFL scouts just sitting there, you know, and – I think that pressure is what really got me with that. See, the the mindset, um, the self-talk is so important. And the verse that I often gave you mm-hmm. was Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do in work or deed, 
yeah. do it as working for the Lord, not men. Yeah. So if you understand, if you're playing, if you're studying, if you're working, whatever you're doing, you you put in your mindset that you're working and doing it for the Lord, not men. And, and you won't have that pressure. But I know mm -hmm. that is tough, but that's something you have to speak about to yourself over and over again. Yeah. I think, all right, and this is me being completely transparent and I guess opening up a little bit. But I also think that your success kind of scared me, like indirectly, because you competed on a world stage, you know, all over the country, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, trying to live up to that, I felt, I think I felt pressure to at least, you know, be a certain type of athlete. And then when I wasn't, and then if I made a mistake, like all it took was one mistake for me. Like I could have a really good game mm -hmm. and I mess up one time, the rest of the game is over with for me. And I think just, you know, seeing your success kind of messed me up indirectly, you know, and it's not your fault, you know, I, and mm -hmm. I don't know. And it's like you said, like uh, you can't hold yourself to somebody else's, to somebody else's accomplishments. Mm -hmm. But I think that played a toll on me too back then. Well, let me be perfectly transparent. That's why I never put you in karate. <laughs> I was going to get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know the way I, comp I competed and the things I sacrificed to get on that level mm -hmm. and to make the U.S. world team and the Pan-American team and, and become the top-ranked fighter in, in the nation. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that. But if you would have pressed me mm -hmm. and continued to ask me, I would have did it. But... It's, it's always tough, especially when you have siblings that do that. But allowing you to grow into yourself. And, and what, what happened was you expected us to encourage you. You expected us to mm -hmm. be in your corner. Mm -hmm. But the people that you played with mm -hmm. that's on the team, by them not always being there, or you, you were looking for that affirmation from them, mm -hmm. and when you didn't get it. But it's weird. Um, when I look back at the different stages of my career, it, something always happened where I flipped the switch, like one thing. So in high school, my freshman year, I was terrible. Like I used to drop everything. I, like I said, I was one of the faster guys, but I couldn't. I was little. I was scared. I was, you know, I was scared to tackle, do all this stuff. And I remember I was walking down the hallway and I'm at. I'm at my first school. I guess I'm not going to say the name, I guess. But, oh, well, they already know. I was at Chanel. <laughs> so I was walking down the hallway, and how the classrooms are set up, there's a door. There's a, a little bit. There's a couple of lockers, and there's another door. So there's two two doors. I walked past the first door, and I heard some of the other freshmen, the freshman guys on the football team, in there talking. And it was talking about what freshman had a chance to get on varsity the following year and whatnot. And when I got to the second door, I kind of slowed down because I wanted to listen. And somebody was like, because like I said, I had a little bit of speed. Somebody was like, oh, what about Daryl? And they was like, oh, no, Daryl's trash. Daryl's not good. None of this, this and that. And so that right there triggered me. You know, right after that, I came home and we we uh we started working out uh that you sent me we started doing all these training things mm -hmm. i was standing on top of balls catching the catching the or standing on top of like uh basketball yeah basketballs and medicine balls and catching balls doing hand-eye coordination working on my speed and route running and going into my sophomore year i end up being the starter and all these people was like oh yeah, where daryl came from where daryl come from and stuff like that but is when i heard that it triggered me and then 
it propelled me the rest of my high school career. Mm-hmm. In college, freshman year, once again, I was terrible, playing bad, and I we went to because in at, at Mount they had a they had a JV team, and I played J and I was on the JV team at first, and. The first game, I didn't get in at all. And I'm, you know, I had the perception like, okay, JV is just for them to look at all the freshmen, you know, all the mm-hmm. underclassmen to see, you know, see them play. But the first game, I didn't get in at all. So I'm like, I must be that bad where I didn't even get in on like, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't even get in there. So I remember I went to go talk to the coach and I was like, yo, what can I do to get some playing time? He was like, you just got to play better. And I mean... <laughs> Yeah, basically, he was just like, you suck right now. And so, <laughs> shout out to Coach Ely. <laughs> basically, he was, yeah, he was like, I mean, he said it a little bit better, but he was like, basically, you suck. You got to play better. And so, when I went, when I got to my dorm, I man, I was so mad. I flipped my entire room. I knocked my mattress off my bed. I was knocking things off the wall. I was doing all kind of stuff. And then I called. Daryl? Yeah, I was mad. Wow. Yeah. So, but that's you know, like nobody will ever see that. That's, that's behind closed doors. But uh, yeah, but uh, I got when I the first thing I did was I called you and mom, and then y'all y'all gave me them scriptures to read. The first one was Second Timothy chapter one verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Because we were on the phone, and he was like, "Your problem isn't football. Your problem is your fear. You're scared." Mm-hmm. And so. I was talking about uh, quitting and all this other stuff, and you were like, "Nah, you remember your name. Silences don't quit." He's like, uh, "I mean, if anything, finish out the year and make a decision at the end of the year." But at that point, after I read the scriptures and then I really thought about what I wanted to do, it flipped the switch. I went and practiced that same day because it was a tour day, so we had practice in the morning. I talked to the coach. He told me that I sucked. I went back to the room. I trashed my room talk to y'all and then we went back out to practice and it was a totally different Daryl like we had this thing called thud speed where if the ball is in the air you gotta let the receivers catch it nah none of that so I was <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was running jumping knocking balls I, I wasn't really catching anything because I still couldn't catch really well right back then but I was knocking everything out the air I was pressing guys I was doing everything and that kind of propelled me going into my senior year until I had that conversation so for me, it's frustrating because this is the same thing that happened to high school, but I couldn't break that cycle, you know? Yeah. I, I remember you texting me. You said, Dad, it's over 200 kids here. You said, Freshmen. Right. Guys are quitting every day. Mm-hmm. And you said, this is the hardest thing I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I text you back and I said, try the Marine Corps. you know and it's a perspective and you're right it is cyclical most kids in high school most high school teams have five good players at least five good players Mm -hmm. when you go to college everyone on that team is one of those Those five five good players yeah and you have to do it over again you constantly have to prove yourself mm-hmm. now you out of college you you're in life you're working you have your business that's going on you're an independent contractor you're a husband now this you're going to cycle again mm-hmm. and you still got to put in that grind I'm and that thrive you I'm have no, to. I'm not going to cycle you're again. going to another level yeah but I'm not cycling trust anymore. me no, you I'm come not. into a hurdle <laughs> nope yeah um, nope, you that. say that but I it's do coming say that, but like I look that day that I messed up my hamstring and I decided not to play football, and then that day that I wa- went to go watch football and I couldn't, I was like, I would never, ever put myself in a position to feel that way again. So, like, now, 
there's things that I do that most people probably wouldn't do. You know, there's days I have my lazy days, but mm-hmm. I refuse to put myself in a position to feel like that. that like, oh, I, I ain't saying you're going to put yourself in position. What I'm saying, life is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I never expected to be faced with taking my mother off life support. Mm-hmm. That's life. That's cycling again. That took me through a, another level. Matter of fact, she passed away in 1998. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until last year when I felt that I, I really got over it, that it didn't affect me that way because I had to do the same thing with your uncle. Mm-hmm. I had to be there when they made a decision to take him off life support. But when we took him off, he lasted four days as opposed to your grandmother lasting two hours. And that let me know mentally that I did the right thing in 1998. Mm-hmm. You're going to be faced with other things. Trust me. But you're going to have to find a way to get over. It may not take you as long, but we all going to have to face something. Mm-hmm. So that's why being rooted and strengthened in Christ is so important. Mm-hmm. And being around family and talking through things um, to help you get through. But ultimately, it's going to have to be you mm-hmm. that's going to get you through it. My accomplishments was my accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of my awards are up in the attic. Mm-hmm. I have very few. I just have that one right there, mm-hmm. Fighter of the Year. I have that up, and that's because what I had to do to win that. Some people doubted me, mm-hmm. and then then devalued me. Yeah, and so I competed and I won that. And so that's a reminder mm-hmm. that it could happen again. But I had to do the same thing in life that I did athletically mm-hmm. to get over it. Why do you think? Sorry, I'm sitting here thinking about this. But why do you think you respond the way that you responded? Like to, okay, so you walk around the corner, you hear people um, not knowing your value, so you want to prove them wrong. You you go to four-year college, prove the guidance counselor wrong. You go to freshman year, and he's saying you play better, if you want to quit, whatever. You prove yourself wrong, mm-hmm. right? You do it again. But as soon as somebody tells you that you can do it. That you can't do it. <laughs> no, that, that he can do it. Yeah. So then, then someone says, you can do it. You can be the best in the conference. What made you detract instead of push forward? Yo, that's an awesome question. I have no idea. And I never we really thought about that. We had conversation the other day. And you were like, why would you do that? When, I, when you were trying to encourage me about something that I'm doing now. And I was like, you guys can't keep telling me that because it makes me want to do it less. No, it, but my thing is it doesn't make me want to do it less. I get, I get flustered. Like, I still want to do it, but I get, like, w- w- when the task feels like it's too, well, then, when the task felt like it was too tall, I get, fl- I break, I broke under pressure. Like, it doesn't take away from the fact that I was still going to practice and I was still trying to do those things, but I just broke under pressure. But that's a good question because I never, I don't know, Um, I think just being a small guy, because I remember in elementary school, like girls would say stuff like, "Oh, Daryl, when you grow, we can we could possibly date." Oh, <laughs> right, you was little. <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, he's like the rejection king, man. Like uh, uh, so people was telling me stuff like people was telling me stuff like that, and then going to practice, and I had a particular one particular coach that told me that um, playing even playing college football was just like out of the question. And so I think after that, I just got sick and tired of people telling me what I couldn't do. And so I, the only people I was really used to telling me that I could do stuff was 
the people I was close to, but at the same time, I feel like that's what they're supposed to do, you know? So, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I, I don't I know. That's I, why mindset is so important. We talk about, like, the development of mindset mm-hmm. and, like, changing that course and how you react to things. Um, <laughs> because that's, like, you, you go through, you react in the physical in the physical aspect after you think all, go all the way through that in your mind mm-hmm. right so it comes down to your mindset and making that decision so I think that's very interesting that when everybody told you you can't you're like no I'm gonna do it and then when somebody is like you can do this you can be the best in the conference you're like oh I'm scared yeah I don't know that's a really good question I um, remember when the wick was lit on the dynamite and I remember one time you had called me, you were ticked off, and you said, forget it, I don't care no more, I'm just start hitting people. And then I remember telling you to read The Magic of Thinking Big. Mm-hmm. And I remember you read that book, and then you called me. You said, Dad, is that when you got some of the stuff, you read some of the things in there? Mm-hmm. And that made a change in you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was always a component on reading, because that made a difference in my life. Anyways, um, <laughs> I was on the phone with my mom. This is before you had gotten home, and I was, like, laying on the couch, like, doing nothing. I hadn't gotten dinner ready or anything, and it was, like, 8 o'clock. So I was going through some things that, you know, I needed to talk about from my childhood and all this kind of stuff. And she was asking me this question, and I remember getting irritated because I didn't want to answer because it felt like I was, like, had to experience these things all over again but she was like Ayla where was Jesus during all of that like you look back on those experiences and and where was he Mm -hmm. so like that's the question I have to ask you like during all of those times and even you know when you pulled your hamstring and when you um Mm -hmm. did stuff with your knee during trials where was Jesus and like what do you think God's plan was for your life because well that's a good question, too. Shout out to Shannon. <laughs> um, but for me, at that point, um, I was reading and, and, and talking to God a lot more. And I definitely feel like that football wasn't in my plan, um, in God's plan. Uh, so, because um, it doesn't really make sense. You know, I'm a 5'10", 180-pound cornerback that ran a 4-4-1, has a shuttle of 3-8-9, a broad jump of... Uh, 10 7 a vertical jump of 40 inch and you look at guys in the NFL those match up you know um but I feel like me pulling my hamstring and me battling with those I guess what you can call those those demons at the time was just um and then even having my mindset where it was you know being being nervous and scared I don't I feel like it was in God's plans for me not to go with the football route because think about all the things that happened by me not playing football you know it's, it's Speaking at multiple events, um, I've been to churches, I've been to schools, I've been to organizations, 
Um, I do one-on-one mentoring with people. Um, if I was playing football, I can't say that I'd be doing that type of stuff. And the reason why I'm able to do that is because I talk about different aspects of my experiences, you know, through you know my through faith, you know, my emotional, my physical um, experiences to these people, and I'm able to encourage and help them. So, thinking back, I think that's a really good question. I don't think. Um, it was in God's purpose for me to go down that route. I needed, I think, I needed to experience that to help me grow to be the person I am right now. That's interesting. Um, what about you, Ayla? If you had the same mindset five years ago, where would you be today? I think I'd probably be somewhere similar, but a little bit further along in my faith journey, maybe a little bit less, um, a little bit less, <laughs> a little bit less scar tissue, you know, like mm-hmm. to deal with, to go through and mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, and, and probably a little bit better communicator, but I think to where I am now, I think it, almost had to happen those ways. I mean, there are things that we experienced like five years ago. Mm-hmm. That's when I, well, I met Daryl six years ago, but five years ago is when we started dating. And I remember at the beginning of our relationship, it was a, a mess and mostly because of me. Um, and, but I had to meet him, go through that, look at myself in a different way to try to search God like he was my, he was one of my introductions to a deeper relationship with Christ my mom was on her journey too and and all of that but at that time he showed me compassion and he showed me um like a calm strength I was very like fiery um and he showed me these great qualities that I wanted and I knew I had to change and I knew I couldn't change on my own it was hard. It was too hard to change on my own. Um, so that's when I started to pay attention or try to pay attention to my relationship with God. And so five years ago, if I was already in that place, I don't know where our relationship would have been. Mm-hmm. You know what's, what's, what's interesting? Everything you went through, D, I went through. Um but I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being the person on a back burner, being devalued. That's why it ticks me off today when I feel somebody devalues me. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I had clients and training people and and I know what the, helped them um, reach another level or to perform better. And then they don't listen to me or they lie to me. Um, that's devaluing me. Um, because I was devalued so much, uh, coming up lack of confidence, um, you know, that thing. So I went through everything that D went through, but the time that I made my switch, I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I just wanted to be better and do better. And I realized early that fear kept me from reaching the next level, from excelling. And so when, when an individual is dealing with fear, filling with doubt, that's a hindrance. And that's why I'm so in tune to no negation. 
because no negation is a hindrance or a negativity that keeps you from from performing. And so if we can, um, I learned to show people by doing it, not by talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the top fighters in the country, you know how people say, I'm going to do this. I never did that. Mm-hmm. I did it. And then people ask me how I did it. And then I can teach and instruct. Even now in business, you don't hear me say much what I'm going to do. I do it and create success. Mm-hmm. And and I learned to get over the fear, the inner voices that I that I have that's telling me I couldn't do it. Even at 50-some years old when I been, went back to college, I started hearing that voice again, doubting. You know, but I just said one class at a time, one class at a time. And I went back and Daryl Sullen Sr., DS Ninja, did something that he never mm-hmm. expected to do. I got an A in every single class in, cl- in college. And that's how I know with the right mindset, you can thrive, overcome, and get beyond those barriers that hold you back and persevere. That is Bob. Dang, this dude had a 4.0. Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) No, but... But you know what? That sometimes fear can be a tool, Mm -hmm. you know, because I didn't want to fail. And so I studied, I I planned, and I did those things to to make it happen. Imagine if you did that in every aspect of your life. I can say this. Oh, go ahead. But I, I think, like... You are so sound in in the Bible and what God says about fear. Mm-hmm. And you can go back to that and look at that and tell that voice, like, no, this is what God says about me. This mm-hmm. is what God says to do. This is like, he says, do not live in fear, mm-hmm. you know, and go against that. Go ahead, Daryl. So let me ask, let me put this question out. And I don't know if this is going to a different topic or whatnot, but how do you... How do you deal with that itself, you know, getting over that? I know we talked about fear in the past, but how do you get over that fear of doing something new? So, like, for me, it was, you know, changing roles in football. Or, um, like, now, you know, I started another company, and I went in it full force and think think twice about it because I know that God's on my side. But how, what would you guys say to people to help them get to that point? Where, yeah, if that makes sense, to help them get to that point where they just like kind of push fear to the side. I will say, you know, how do you eat an elephant one, one bite, bite at, at a time? time. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> one bite at a time. And we go into mindset and think you got to do these big things in the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, even when I coach you guys, mm-hmm. coach athletes. Is little success. Yeah, because I remember with the with the thing that I'm doing now, I started off with um, just research. So just looking at what the market is doing and what other people are doing and what they're not doing. And then I started doing virtual stuff. And then after that, I just kept growing and pro- it propelled off of that. But um, Ayla and I was having a conversation yesterday, and I was telling her that I feel like that God has his hands on me doing this. So like... The right doors are opening and the right doors are closing when I'm doing these different things. And then with if we, just like what our shirts say, see God first. If you see God first, you're always going to be going in the right door. Your God's always going to steer you in the direction that you need to be mm-hmm. going. And sometimes it's going to feel like 
it's not going right. Cause like in 2019, when I was, when I did that, um, uh, when I spoke at the, the church, mm-hmm. when I spoke at Providence, leading up to that point, it felt like everything wrong was happening. But all those wrong things created the 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 topics in my delivery points for when I was on stage, mm-hmm. and other people was um, and people got people connected with that, and some people gave their life to Christ because of hearing those stories and being able to relate to it. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was like, "Yo, this sucks. Like, why do I gotta go through this?" But it all had a purpose in the end. And we don't know why. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. It's like you can try to figure out why, but if you focus on that, you're not. You're kind of holding yourself back. You realize that God is the only one that truly knows why you're going through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Until you finally get to that point where you're like, oh, I see that two years ago, this is why this happened. I had to get go through that to get where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's why we have to seek God first. So you have to seek God first, then you have strength um, and and rooted in faith. faith. Mm-hmm. And that would be, you said, um, like that would be my takeaway from it. It's mm-hmm. like, find your confidence in God mm-hmm. root yourself in God yeah find those those staple Bible verses that you got to tell yourself when that voice comes in and mm-hmm. tells you not to Do and I know you're searching and I know this one's not in the Bible but even to live your dreams one you know well that's what happens yeah. God knows the desires of your heart that's a mm-hmm. so you seek God first you stay rooted in Christ and live your dreams because that's what will happen you will be blessed um, beyond measure because God knows your heart and you have done his will. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest and the secret that nobody won't grasp. And he puts it right there for you to grab is that if you make your plan and match it up to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? Is this what you want me to do? You know, your his purpose for you, your plan has to match that. A lot of times we want to have our plan and make God yeah, bless yeah. it mm-hmm. in, into where we want to do it. That's what we have the problem. In honoring him, remember, honor him, seek him, uh, uh, and he will bless you and give you the desires of yeah. your heart. Yeah. So if you didn't know the meaning behind our shirts... <laughs> <laughs> there they are. <laughs> we don't just throw them out there. You know, we believe in those. Yeah, if people really understood what's behind no negation, you know, all of our stories, all of the pain, all of the perseverance, and all of the getting over, reaching another level. Yeah. And every time you go through something, <clears throat> any hurt, anything that you go through, rejection and stuff, you can say no negations. And that's the purpose of this podcast is to open people's minds to things like that and you know if you're not because like, me you know i i'm this what i what i share today i literally haven't told anybody um the full depths of you know how i feel when it came to my career playing football and my career in college and stuff but um it's important to be you know transparent at least transparent with yourself and have an understanding of you know, where you were and then where you're going and then how God can help you get there. You know, you got to keep your eyes on God first. And that's the first step. Because, you know, we go out and we like, oh, I'm going to create this, I'm going to create that. But we don't check in, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how you get in trouble. So, like, Dad, in high school, if I just decided to go to a random party by myself 
and then check in. I don't know if this analogy is going to make sense, but I'm going to say it because I think it's kind of funny. Um, if I yeah, if I came home, if I just went to a party without checking in, I'll come home and get some be in some trouble. Yeah, this analogy doesn't make sense, but it's okay. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. It makes sense. You're right. You would be in trouble. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, I think, but one thing that I can say now, um, so we asked the question if, um, what was the question? Uh, five years. If if you had the same mindset now, five years ago, oh, yeah. where would you be today? Oh, yeah, but I can, I, I think I can confidently, confidently say this is five years from now, looking back on this moment, I think I will be pretty proud um, of the effort. I mean, it's easy for me to say that now because you never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but um, I think I'm confident in saying that uh, I'm going to be happy with the things that uh, I'm doing now and the things that God is working through me. I think I'm confident to say that. I, I, I can tell you now, I just recently went through it, like when starting SoulNet Impact Consulting. I was going through that and, and I was like, man, I got a lot of stuff to do. Um, and getting the certification now from the National Veterans Business Council. Oh, shout out. To be a, a certified veteran-owned business, the stuff I have to do for that, and I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, man, I don't want to do all this stuff, mm-hmm. and I just got thinking about you guys and thinking about the business, and I started, I got to do this stuff, and I'm putting in the work, and then when my business counselor said, you have to do a separate LLC, you have to do this, and told me that I should go into the diversity. Um, counseling mm-hmm. and mentoring um, for corporations and I was like man that's a lot to do and so I'm going and I'm getting books and I'm reading the books about it and just lo and behold an opportunity came for a corporation that I'm now doing a presentation doing two presentations for about over 200 people man shout out but see God knew I didn't and sometimes we have to realize he won't tempt you, but he will test you. And sometimes when hurdles come in our way, God is showing us to say, okay, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. He said, if you're with me and know that I'll, I'll never leave you or forsake you, see if you're going to keep moving, mm-hmm. seeing if you're going to get over that hurdle. And that's why I look at those doubt and those fear and I say, no negation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. I think this is the best one yet. You like this one? Yeah, I do. Is this like your plug to be like, look, we got to wrap it up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do like this one. It's kind of bittersweet for me because I don't really like talking about opening up like this. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, I hope that you guys can uh, take what we talked about and learn from it. So if you're hmm. in that position, if you're feeling like you don't know what to do next or you're scared to do what you think you should do next before you make any decisions pray you know take it to god read your bible allow god to talk to you and then you talk to god you know um just don't go out and um make any decisions on your just you know off what's it called free will free illy willy yeah (laughs) willy nilly yeah (laughs) no matter how minor it might be yeah you know take it to them because Mm -hmm. um like i said we all been there and, and we went through it um and recall it wasn't until your sophomore year mm-hmm. in high school that you found out what i accomplished oh my gosh 
that's an, that's another podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna rip into y'all on that one. We gonna get mom on this one. Be like, look, y'all lied to me. <laughs> lie to you. But um, but yeah, but you know, just take that time and then just remember that the things that you're doing, if you're doing it for God's purpose, it's gonna work out. Um, you just gotta do it. You gotta get up and do it, and and, and trust God along the way, and He will order your steps. Order my steps in your, oh my God. In your word. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ayla, do you have anything else? Uh, no, sir. Just, you know, go to Blended. Check out our shirts. We talked about the meaning of our shirts on this podcast. They, they do mean a lot. Wear them around. Remind yourself what God is doing in your life. Remind yourself about uh, your goals, your aspirations. Boom, Dad. Anything else? Oh, just loving life, man. I'm just, I'm just happy to see you guys grow, and that's what I'm here for. You know, yes, going for the ride. Train keep moving, but it ain't stopping, baby. But <laughs> <laughs> so like Ayla said, man, we appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode of No Negations Podcast. Make sure you check out Blended. Huge shout out to Blended. We just restocked our apparel in there, but they have 30 plus other vendors in there, so make sure you check them out. They're in Belden Village Mall. Also visit us. You said what? For the holidays. They're coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got some new stuff on the way. Oh, I can't wait for y'all to see this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, But in the meantime, visit us at www.nonegations.com. Did I say four W's? Yes. That's cool. www.nonegations.com and check us out. We're doing the one-on-one mentoring life coaching uh we don't call it life coaching anymore. yeah we do the one-on-one mentoring um ayla with uh helping you gr- um grow spiritually um trying to figure out your purpose in life um uh, pops with the uh diversity inclusion is that what it is yeah. can i say it in my radio voice yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> oh check out the no negations no, he nervous. <laughs> yeah, you, you got fired on that one. <laughs> www.nonegations.com. There you go. <laughs> and then uh, me, I'm doing the health and wellness. So I'm talking about how to get over that hump if you're, you know, work, trying to get to, you know, high school to college, college to regular life, starting a business or doing whatever, you know, starting something new. Um, I, I, I kind of coach and help people with that. But if anybody knows, y'all got nothing else. Until next time, right? Yeah. Don't say your names. Don't, don't even do it. Stop it. All right. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>